thought it was important. I, I tuned in to Pastor Roberson before I came over preaching about love. I said, thank you, Lord, for some confirmation, you know. To know you're in the right place. And this morning when I opened up Bible Gateway, there was a scripture about love. I was like, thank you, Jesus. So today I want to speak to you. I want to just talk about from this topic, teach me how to love. Teach me how to love. There's a guy I like a lot. His name is Music Soul Child. He has a song, and it's called Teach Me. Come on, y'all. How to love. I know we're in church, you know. It's okay. Don't sing it, but you can know the song title. Come on now. Y'all just let me stand up here by myself. Like, pastor, the only person who ever listened to Music Soul Child. Ever. That ain't true. Teach me how to love. That's enough. Don't go no more. I know the song. And I like it. Really, really cool song written from the perspective of a man who's saying, I don't know how to do this. And I caught feelings for you but I don't know how to love you. Some of us who say we love God hadn't gotten there yet. We just caught some feelings. Because he says, if you love me, you do what I tell you to do. God's real plain about what he believes to be. So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it amazes me how we say we love God and we run around the church and we do all the shouting and stuff. And that's good, but none of that's indicative of love. It looks like love. But love hits the pavement. It leaves the church and it lives like God says to live. We'll shout in a moment. Before I go deep, I want to give some marriage tips. You don't mind, do you? Now, this is not a marriage message, but I feel like I need to give some marriage tips. Tip number one, don't treat other people better than you treat your spouse. I think that says it all. Don't treat other people better than you treat your spouse. Whatever scriptures you use to govern relationships with other Christians and people at large, use them first in your marriage and in your home. No way in the world you should be forgiving your brother or your sister and still stay mad with your husband or your wife. Uh, number two, forgive and forge ahead. You have to forgive and move on. If you forgave, keep going. Stop revisiting the grave of a situation that went bad. The person says, please forgive me. Say, okay. And then move on. 
say amen. Number three, do not look to the world for your example of love. Bold and beautiful. As the world turns, whatever the name of it is now. Uh, empire. Scandal. How to get away with murder. Being married, Jane. Who that? Have and have nots. Everybody loves Raymond. Don't look to the world for your example of what love should look like. Because they don't know. We're looking at stuff we see on TV and then want somebody in our house to do that. Well, they did that for so-and-so on the show the other day. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. Number four, don't reject expressions of love from your spouse. If they try to pull, ladies, if your husband pull a child for you, sit down. And that's all I got to say about that. Don't be all independent. Well, I can get my own chair. Sit down. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him to want to be a gentleman and then turn down his acts of being a gentleman at the same time. Because after a while, bro, going to quit. He'll say, I would get it for you, but if he opened the door for you, step in. If he reaches his hand out, take it. You ain't got to know what he's about to do with it. Just take his hand. Well, what you about to do? Take his hand. Brothers, brothers, if she don't get the eggs just right, put some salt and pepper on it and eat it and give the Lord thanks. Because it's another brother who don't have no eggs. Don't complain about seasoning. Don't complain about nothing. Season it yourself. And tell the Lord, thank you. That's all I got to say about that. I ain't saying nothing else about that now. Because every time, every time you reject their expression of love, it does something to them. Husband or wife, it does something to them in their heart. And they say, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to go to extra bow. But every time I do it, I get shut down. Number five, in love, you can only harvest what you sow. You can only harvest what you sow in love. Those who wait on the other person in the relationship to sow first is like a farmer waiting on the harvest before he has sown any seed into the ground. What would you say to a farmer that was standing out there in front of all his acres just looking? Every day you walk by, he just standing there looking, and you say, look here, brother. I don't even see that the ground been tilled yet. I haven't. Well, what you looking for? I'm looking for a harvest. We're waiting on the other person. You have to sow. Hey, man, I'm almost done with this piece. He stands there waiting for something to grow from the ground. He is neither tilled, sown into, fertilized, watered, nor tended, meaning pulling the weed. He wants a harvest with no investment. I'm going to tell you, you never get back what you don't put out. That's good for the people who aren't married yet. 
There are those who want to sow bad seed expecting a good harvest. So anger, disconnected spirit, and then we want to get all loved on. It's going to happen. And that's not just in marital relationships. That's in all relationships. You can't beat your kids down. All their little life, and then when they grown, expect them to come home for Christmas. This, the relationships have to be sewn into. And you, you have to be good to people who aren't being good to you yet. Somebody talk back to me. This side right here, talk back to me, right over here. Come on, this side, right here against the wall. Everybody shout glory. Not even if it hurts, just shout, ouch, glory. You have to sow into these relationships. That's the only way they're going to work. Even people who are mean at you at the job, sow love, sow kindness, sow generosity. Here's the thing. Don't get upset if they don't sow it back. It's coming back from somewhere. Don't always look for the person you sow to to sow back to you. Somebody you weren't looking for will come and sow love into your life in such an immeasurable way that it'll black, and you weren't even looking for it. You may sow love on your job and it might come through back, back come back through your man. Well, baby, what's these flowers for? I don't know. I was just in Publix and the urge just hit me. And God will say, God will speak to your spirit and say, because you put some seed in the ground. Here's a principle. This is for now. This, this, everybody. I want y'all to just know. Now, I want, I'm not preaching about being married. I gave the marriage tips and I'm done. But you can use this in your marriage, okay? Here's the here's a tip for us, okay? Galatians six, seven through ten. Here's a principle. You ready? Don't me be misled. You with me? You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest. What you plant. Always. Every time you put an apple seed in the ground, you will reap a tree that will bloom apples. Every time. So you cannot sow discord and reap unity. You, 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 can't, you can't sow anger and expect to reap somebody who's gentle. Anger is going to come back from somewhere. It may come back from the person you sold it to, or it may come back from another place. And a lot of times, people do the nastiest stuff and wonder why so many nasty things get done to them. And I pray that God gives them a revelation to stop being so doggone nasty so they can reap something better. Amen. Teach me how to love. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Watch, watch this, verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. If we keep following our flesh, 
only going to reap what our flesh can give back. There is no good thing in your flesh. So if you sow after your flesh, then you will reap no good thing. But the spirit is life. So if you sow into the spirit, you reap life. So we can't follow our flesh, can we? Well, you say something mean to me, I'm going to say something mean to you. You can't sow to that. You can't follow your emotions. You can't follow your feelings. You have to sow from here. She make me sick. He make me sick. They don't ever do this. They don't ever do that. All of that craziness. We have to be a more logical people. Talk to me, church. Somebody say, Lord, teach me how to love. Teach me not to allow my emotions to run away with me. Teach me to be firmly planted and rooted in your word enough that I can respond based on your word and not based on my emotions at the time. Because my emotions change from moment to moment, and I know that they can't be trusted. And I've heard it a thousand times in this church, but I still allow my emotions to run away with me. But I've got to take the keys from my emotion, and I've got to say the Spirit's going to drive this right here. Somebody say the Spirit's going to drive this right here. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's the promise of the word of God. You're going to reap a harvest of blessing. Just don't get tired of doing the right thing. How many of y'all started doing the right thing and then nothing happened? How many of y'all, after nothing happened, after a certain amount of time, how many of y'all put a time limit on doing the right thing? Come on, let's talk. Come on. You say, if it don't change by this date. I'm on, I'm, come on, if it don't change by, by, by what's this here, uh, February the, the 14th. If it don't change by February the 20th, I'm through with it. I'm done. No, no, no. Don't give up. February the 20th, come. You wake up February the 21st, keep doing it. Because it says, if you don't give up, you're going to reap. Here's the thing. We're looking at people, Portia, it looks like they're reaping from everywhere. And the problem is we don't know how long they were sowing. See, we, we're watching them. We caught them in the season of reaping. We didn't see them in the season of sowing. So now we're saying, I want to reap like that. Well, you need to go talk to that person so they can say, well, baby, you want to reap like this? You need to sow like this. Because the woman with the issue of blood bled for 12 years. And guess what? She kept sowing in faith. She kept going to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor until one day she met Jesus. So she had to sow faith for 12 years. You never know, you keep loving that boss, loving that co-worker, loving that neighbor, loving that husband, loving that wife, loving that son, loving that daughter, loving that mother-in-law, loving that father-in-law, loving that person. And you never know, one day, no, not never know, you know one day, it's going to turn around because God will not be a liar. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
That's the that, ah, that's a promise right there. You mean if I so love, I'm gonna get some back? Absolutely. If I sow joy, if I sow peace, if I sow a supportive spirit, if I sow all of that, I'm going to get that back? Absolutely. Why are you going to get it back? The Bible says so. I, 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 that's all I got. I believe the Bible. The Bible says if you sow, you're going to reap it. Well, then that's the truth. Say amen. No, no variables in there. No variables. And see, the thing is we want stuff fast, but everything don't happen fast. You didn't come to the Lord fast, but he kept coming after you. Come on, let's tell the truth. Come on, everybody in here, you made the Lord wait a little while. Come on. I felt him nudging me years ago. I got saved and then quit him. I ain't got no backsliders in the room. I got saved and then quit him. I quit the Lord. Uh-oh, there it goes. Now, how that happened? Thank you, Ed. Somebody, yeah, there you go. So, anyway... Because y'all know I'm not going to be able to go on if that don't get fixed, right? Amen. You got it there? Just slap, set it right up there, man. That one light ain't going Because I can't see that light, so I'll be okay. All right. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to watch my step. So now, watch this. We didn't all come to the Lord instantly. Some of us quit the Lord and had to come back. But he kept pursuing us. Some of us came to the Lord, got saved, and still ain't acting right. But we're going to fix that, though. We're going to fix that. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm about to get some get right right up in here. I'm about to get some get right. I'm about to get some act right. I need, I'm about to get a whole dose of act right. The anointing of God came to deliver a dose of act right. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Then come the, this little, ain't going to paint no pretty little picture about, oh, God loves me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, he, we already know he loves us. Now it's time for us to act like we love him. Transcend. John 3.16. I want to show you the example of love. You want to see the example of love? For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting but the NLT say, for God so loved the word that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at God. This version says, for this is how God loved the world. See, God, when he, when he loved something, he says, I'm going to show my love. And I'm going to show my love by giving to what I love. I'm not going to wait on what I love to get itself together before I love it. I'm going to love it in its current condition until it becomes what I want it to be. <laughs> the love of God shed abroad in our heart has changed many of us. So what if we loved some people? See, we suffered from a love deficit. We had never had love like that. Love that loved us when we were jacked up and, and, and acting crazy and out of our mind. We never had love that loved us no matter what we did. All the love we ever had loved us based on how good we acted. And wasn't it good to have somebody love you even though you just met? They knew you messed up, but they still loved you anyway. Wasn't that a good thing? Isn't that what we shout about? 
He's showing us how to love. He's showing us you don't wait. You don't give conditions. That's not the way love works. He said, I loved you when I shouldn't have. And nobody could talk me out of it. There were people who were saying, God shouldn't love them, and he loved you anyway. I know that's right. <laughs> you want to see another example? Okay, Romans chapter 5. I have to turn there, but your screen should be there. Amen. Romans 5, starting at verse 7. Y'all see it? Let's look at this. Uh, 7. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Uh, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still I'm just saying. See what I'm saying? It said there might be some people who will die for somebody who's a good guy. You know what I'm saying? You might die for a good, but, but, but who in the world would die for a low-down, dirty, no-good, scum-of-the-earth, rotten scoundrel who did everything that you told them not to do, everything that they could do to break your heart, they did it, and you die for them anyway. How many people would die for the enemy? I've seen them on movies, Cherie, dying for the people they love. I seen them superheroes and they throw the woman back there and take two, three bullets for her. And he fall, he on the ground and all the blood coming outside his lips. She said, oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. But how many people would die for the guy shooting at him? Aha. Aha. See, that's the kind of love we're called to exhibit. This might be a marriage sermon. I don't know. We call the love people like that. See, that's the kind of love that draws people. You, can, I, can I be real? But sometimes the preaching and the worship draws people, but the attitudes run them away. They get in here, get all buttered up, Elder Smith, get about two, three Sundays under the belt. And then when they start, you know what I'm saying, when after a while somebody look at them and, and that attitude kick in and that nastiness kicked in and that, that love facade done wore off. And they hurt the person and then we're like, what happened? You seen so-and-so? No, I hadn't seen them. And they changed their number and everything. Love, man. We talk a lot about love. We don't really fully understand it. We're going to learn today, aren't we? Go to John 13. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the way you teach. Thank you for giving us what we need and not what we want.
So he loved us while we were his and he died for us. He didn't wait, Dad, on us to become friends while we were enemies, antagonistic to him. He went to the cross. Let that soak in. Let that soak in while we're waiting on somebody to get it right. While we're waiting on a family member to act right. Before we show love. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you got to empty your bank account, but I mean, speak to them. I mean, we're Christians. We're Christians. Speak to them. Say good morning. For the love of God, say, say something nice with a smile. Don't say good morning. Ain't nobody believe in that. Good morning. God bless you. How are you today? Everything okay? And mean it. Well, Pastor, I can't do that because I ain't no phony. I get so tired of hearing people say that. I ain't no phony. I ain't no fake. Listen, the Bible says, and you said you were a Christian. You were the one who said you were saved, five baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. You said, I didn't say that. I can't be phony. If somebody funny toward me, then I just, I just don't deal with them. Well, what if God? What if God just say, I'm tired of you acting funny? Pull the plug. But he's never done it. He's never done it. He's never let you sleep up under the stars. He's never let you go hungry. He's never let you be naked. He's never, never, never. No matter how we acted, God has been good to us. Now that, my friend, is love. Because I can't, I can't talk about you, but I know Pastor Taylor acted up since he's been saved. You concur? You two back there, Elder, you? And he still woke me up the next day. And you know what? Laying in the bed, Mike, laying in the bed, thinking about how good God was to me and waking me up, I laid in the bed and I couldn't do nothing but say thank you. <laughs> I blew it yesterday, but you still let me be here? Wasn't nothing that we did, y'all. He just... Love us. Let's keep going. Love is a commandment. Here's a commandment. Look at John 13. It's up there already, right? Uh, what does it say? Uh, so now I am giving you a new commandment. What? Love each other. That's good. Just as I have, you should love. See that? See what Jesus said? I'm looking for y'all to love each other the way I loved you. See, he's not looking for us to do something different. He said, I laid the groundwork for you. I already showed you how to do it. I gave you an example in the midst of all this craziness of what real love looks like. Follow that. So whenever you get ready to love somebody, just take a moment to reminisce and think about how I loved you. So if we're about to cut somebody off, we need to stop and think. He never cut me off. That thing's so deep-rooted in me now, it affects the way I even handle my dog. No, I'm 
serious. It handled the way I, it affects the way I handle my dog. Cause see, my dog sometimes is very, very, very. Uh, he don't listen. You understand? And so sometimes I'll let him outside without the leash on, and I'll say, "Now go on, Judah. Use the bathroom. Come back." And Judah use the bathroom, and he running all around the yard. And I'm saying, "Come here, Judah. Come here, Judah. Come here, Judah. Come here, Judah." And Judah not coming. Judah just running. Little flur just in the wind, just going high speed. Ears flopping. I'm trying. If he could smile, all the teeth showing. Just having a ball. And then I say, "Judah." And then he stopped. And come on in the house. And then I say, I, I, and then I say to him, I'm not going to let you out without your leash no more. And then the Lord says, but I told you to come here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The dog, Lord, the dog. <laughs> he said, no, I had mercy on you. That thing mess you up. <laughs> so I can't act. Sometimes I can't act the way I want to act because the love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ, it, it says, act right. So see, Clay, sometimes, I ain't going to lie to you, some people have hurt my feelings, and sometimes I don't want to say nothing to them. Because see, the old me, can I have, can we talk? The old me would have cut you off once you hurt me. You ain't getting two times. You only get one to hurt me, and I'm done. But check it out, check it out. Here's the thing. The Lord will say, but I gave you another turn. And that job override however I feel. Look. It's in the scripture. It's in the scripture. So, um, so I'm giving you a new commandment. No, 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 no. Uh, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not how good we preach. Now, how many laps we run around the church? I love for one another. That's what proves to people that we're his disciples. That's it right there. Right? That's, that's it. That's what proves it. People know we're authentic by the way we love. By the way we love our husbands, our wives, our children, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, cousins. In-laws, neighbors, friends, frenemies, enemies. You know the frenemy. Anyway, you know, yeah, you, you, you with me. Uh, so it, it, the people who don't treat us well, that's how they get to see we're real. And sometimes, y'all, people will test your disciple meter. They know you tote the big Bible to church. They see y'all get in the car and pack up like a happy little family to go worship your God. And sometimes they'll do stuff just to see. And if you fall, this is what they say to you, Mike. I thought you was a Christian. <laughs> or oh, a minister shouldn't be acting like that. Don't they do you like that? And I'm thinking in my mind, well, if you know how I'm supposed to be doing, why you ain't doing it? But that's not the point. I'm the one who said I was that. Not them. It's the proof that we're really disciples. Not how much we come to church. Got to move on. What time is it? Yeah, got to move on. All right, here you go. Here's our struggle. We are called to love. That's what we're called to do. We are called to love. Did we show the graphic yet? 
Show the graphic for me. Find the graphic and show. We are called to love. That's a Bible. Our love is biblical. The Bible teaches us everything we need to know about what love is, what it looks like, what it does, what it doesn't do. So if we want to learn how to love, we should go to it. See that Bible there with the page? I love that. So see, we're called to love. And our struggle, our struggle is, watch this now, you with me? <laughs> it has become more important to many of us that we be in love instead of actually loving. I don't believe the Bible calls us to be in love. It calls us to love. He didn't say, he didn't say, beloved, I give you a new commandment that you be in love. That you, that you be booed up. He, he didn't say that. He said that you love, come on, one another. Jesus, what are, the, what are the greatest commandments? What are the most important commandments? Well, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We, we so focused on, on, June, on, on February the 14th on being in love. And some of us are in love but don't know how to love. And it's messing our in love up. Woo! Holy Spirit. So the focus of the world is being in love, being in love, being in love, find somebody, get married, be in love, be in love, be in love. I got to be in love. I ain't in love. Got to be in love. I'm rushing to be in love. I got to be in love. So I'm going to be in love with somebody, even if they ain't the right somebody, even if they ain't the person that God sent. I know I know them. I know a man that findeth a wife, but I'm going to make him find me. Woo! I'm over here. See me? Don't go there, Pastor Leslie. I'm going to have to let you preach that one. So, 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 so the thing is that we're so concerned about being in love that we hadn't learned how to love. So when we do fall in love, we mess love up. Because we never learn how to love. And we never learn that we have to love imperfect people. Because Jesus loved an imperfect person. So, so, I mean, you see what I'm saying? So it's not about the object being love. It's about the one loving the object. So what we need to do is we need to, to learn how to love our own children. We need to learn how to love our mama and our daddy. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We need to learn how to love that sister that stole $20 out of our purse 10 years ago. We need to learn how to love the person on our road. We need to learn how to love. We need to look in the mirror and learn how to love ourselves. God's way, not the world's way. He said, I want you to love each other the way I love you. I got to hurry up. Y'all ready? Love is a decision. A decision is a conclusion or a resolution reached after consideration. Even simpler, it is a choice that you make about something after thinking about it. That's what you do. Love is a decision. You don't fall in love. It's not a hole. If you fall in a hole, you can climb out. Love is a decision. It's a choice you make after thinking about it. 
So, so what happens is, Pastor Leslie, somebody can do something mean to you, and you can think about doing the wrong thing, but then the Holy Spirit will come in because you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come in and remind you of how you're supposed to act, and then after you think about that thing, you treat them with love anyway. That is a decision. The Holy Ghost didn't make you do anything. He just presented your options. And because you're submitted to the power of the Holy Ghost, you chose the right option. Somebody shout yes. Because I mean, the truth is, Nelson, we don't think to do the right thing every time. Sometimes option A was to say what. Y'all ain't. I thought we were going to be. Well, what I know. We thought about telling them some things. Then the Holy Ghost came in and said, no, no, not that way. Not that way. Let me give you option B. A soft answer turns away wrath. And we stayed cool because we. We submit it to the Holy Spirit, the functions and the purpose of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank God for the Holy Ghost. So, some to- so love is not something we just like spontaneously do. It's something we think about. Y'all with me? It's a decision. I have to be transparent for a moment. My wife and I married almost 24 years. 20, almost 25, 25. May, six, May 16th. 18, May 16th, my, my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Amber. Anyway, uh, May 18, 25 years. And the other day, she was a little bit salty with me. She was. And then I got salty because she was salty. There's a lot of salt in the house. Real talk. Real talk. So then she, she asked me yesterday, she said, you love me? I said, more than I can explain. And I told her this morning, I said, even though I was salty with you, I would have died for you. In the saltiness. Y'all ain't. I thought we want to have, are we, do we want to have church? If, if something, if a car was running off the road, I would have thrown you out the way and stepped in front of it. While I was salty. Because salt don't affect my love. Don't let salt mess up your love. Love is a decision. It's a choice. And we get mad and we don't cook. No, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. But I'm just saying that's what folk do. They don't do that here at real life. At real life, they don't do that. If they did before the day, they're going to stop. And that's the man or the woman. Okay. So, see, it's a fruit of the Spirit. How many of y'all have the Holy Spirit? If you have the Holy Spirit, then you should have some fruit. And if you look at Galatians 5, if you look at Galatians 5, come on, Chelsea. uh, But when the Holy Spirit controls your lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us.
first one. First one. If you get that one right, all the rest of them just fall right behind. Love first fruits. So if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have the spirit of love in you. Why withhold this beautiful thing God's given you? Time to quit. Love has a behavior. Love has a behavior. Love, love knows how to act. Let's look at it. Oh, see, we roll through that other one. That go to the next one, baby. Go to the next one. Love has a behavior. Let's let's look at this. Look at the behavior. Come on. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't have, uh, didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. Let's go. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I knew all the mysteries of the future and knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move without love, I would be no. Don't go there. Say amen. Y'all hold tight for just a second. First Corinthians. 13, oh, there it goes. Yeah, right there. I would be nothing if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body. I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. No need in bragging about all these gifts of the Spirit if this fruit's not working. A church can be a gift church, but if it doesn't have the fruit of love, it's just doing stuff. Love. I want to show you one last thing before we go. This is the last thing I'm going to show you. Look at verse 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, love. Look at how God views us. All that other stuff's going to pass away. But love will be here forever. That's weak. We want to say, we really saved? We have to be lovers. Lovers of those who deserve it and lovers of those who don't. We have to operate in love at all times. Even when we operate in our spiritual gifts, we have to be motivated by love. Everything we do and everything we say has got to be about love. First of all, our love for God. 
And if we love God, we'll love what he loves and we'll hate what he hates. God loves people. God loves all kinds of people. God loves people we don't like. God loves people we'd rather not spend our time with. People you don't want to love, God's still loving them right now today. Right now today, you say, I can't stand so-and-so. And God says, yeah, but I love them. <laughs> and I want you to know so-and-so can't, lo- can't stand you, but I love you too. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> uh, y'all had a good time today? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say, teach me, Lord. How to love. If you love God, you're supposed to walk in love. You cannot say you love God and not have the spirit of love operating in your life. You can't say you love God and you don't love everybody in this building, everybody in your community, your husband or your wife. Because I'm going to tell you something, it doesn't matter all you can do in church. You can do a whole bunch of stuff in church, and God will be grateful. But he'll say, kind of sketchy, that you can do all of that, not even get along with the people in your house. I'm a little concerned about that, God. God, God, God might be a little concerned about that. How you can come and how you can hug somebody. I'm talking about gra- during the fellowship time, grab somebody and hug them and squeeze them good. And hug your baby. Got to fix that. Walk into church. Good morning, Sheree. How are you? And roll in the car like this. That's the devil. I'm just saying, now, you know, if somebody get a little salty with me, your salt ain't going to affect how much I love you. And I'm sharing this because I love you. Because, you know, we could have came and talked about how much God loved us and how Jesus went to the cross, and we could have done that, but we already know that. What's our response to that? That's transcending. Transcending is not that he died. Oh, didn't he die? The, the response is, now that you know he died for you, what's your response? How are you going to live now? That's what it is. Slap your neighbor and say, that's what it is right there. How are you going to respond to this thing? I love y'all. Father in heaven, thank you for the word. Thank you for teaching us what love really looks like, what love really is. And if any of this, if any of this, if we've fallen short in any of this, God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, God, that you would urge us toward your way. Lord God, continue to, pre- to present us with the right option, the correct option. Please don't give up on us. Continue, Lord God, to show us your way so we can do it your way, Father. I thank you that through the Holy Spirit, we are not only, Lord God, reminded, but empowered to love the way you love. Your word, your command is to love others the way you love us, God. And I know we can do it. Lord God, with loving kindness, you drew us. So what if we show loving kindness to others, God? Perhaps they'll be drawn to you. Perhaps they'll come to you and see the authenticity of our Christianity 
that they'll see that we really love you, that we really care for you, that we're really walking according to your word, and we are filled with your spirit. Because the fruit of the spirit is love, love of the very first, God, love of the one that's going to last, our speaking in tongues, our prophetic utterances, God. They're going to pass away, but your love will always remain because you are love, and you're never going anywhere. You'll always be on the scene. You'll always be loving us, taking care of us, looking out for us. And we're so grateful for that kind of love, God. But now, in response to the love you've shown us, God, we're going to show that love to others. Because love heals. Love restores. Love covers a multitude of sins. What love did for us is able to do in the life of another. So use us today to love somebody else. Not just on February 14th, but every day of the calendar year. Use us to show people the kind of love you have. The love of Jesus is shed abroad in our hearts. And now, God, it's released from us to the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise in the house. Come on, let's give God praise in the house. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and just grab them. Just, just grab them by the hand real soft. Like I said, you are called to love. You are called to love. That's your